Welcome back, Warriors. I'm Amy. And I'm Eden. So, Amy, before we kick off today's episode, I want to put out a little warning to our listeners. We're going to put out a trigger warning for sexual assault. Today, we'll be talking about Title IX procedures on Eastern's campus, and this is a very heavy topic, so we want to put that out there now. Feel free to stop listening to today's podcast. But of course, before you do, we do want to let you know that there are plenty of resources on and off campus that can help you if this is something that you're ultimately dealing with. If you go to Eastern's website on the Title IX page specifically, there are so many different resources that you can check out, again, both on and off campus. And if you go to Eastern's Title IX Instagram, you can learn more about it. But this is the official trigger warning. We don't have any more throughout the episode. It's not really graphic. We're just really reviewing procedures. But we do want to put that out there. So again, this is the final warning. If this is something that you don't want to listen to, find another episode. We have so many great episodes. But thank you for listening. And on today's episode, we are with Sarah Nightingale and Sarah Madera. Welcome. So nice to have you both on. Welcome to the podcast. So although Amy so wonderfully introduced you both, please tell Mm -hmm. us who you are in your respective roles on campus. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Madera. I am the Interim Town 9 Coordinator, and I work out of the Office of Equity and Diversity. I'm Sarah Nightingale, and I'm an assistant professor in the social work program here at Eastern. And um, before I came to Eastern, I worked for about 10 years as a practicing social worker, specifically in Title IX. Now, can you tell us a bit more about the TNG Oversight Committee as well as the Campus Climate Study? So TNG Oversight Committee was created in response to the consulting company that came last spring semester. So they came and did a review of our Title IX process, what we were doing well, what we needed to um, improve on, and then they created a TNG report, which included recommendations. Um, so in order to make sure that we fulfill those recommendations, TNG, the TNG Oversight Committee was created. Um, So that is a combination of staff members, faculty with expertise in Title IX, and just a real passion for this work. Uh, And we come and we meet together. We've met together quite often (laughs) to review our procedures, our policies, review those recommendations, making sure that we're staying honest to them and that we fulfill them um, before our audit. So we are going through an audit come this May um, by the same two consultants that did the recommendations to make sure that we're on track and that we fulfill those recommendations. Um, And one of those recommendations was to implement a campus climate study. So this is not only a recommendation from the TNG consultants, but recently there was state law passed in Connecticut that requires all colleges to do campus climate studies on a biannual basis. Um, So Eastern was um, eager to get started with a climate study. It just happens that my particular niche of expertise is in um, sexual assault and campus climate studies. Um, So I was very excited to be a part of the group that was putting this together. Um, So campus climate is um, really thinking about what are the perceptions that students have about Title IX, about Um, how campuses respond to allegations of sexual assault and reports of sexual assault, how campuses implement their training, um, as well as what the experience of students who have um, experienced sexual assault, dating violence, and stalking. Um, So that was um, focus of our campus climate study, and we've been working throughout this semester and implemented it on April 4th. 
This survey is for all Eastern students. Mm -hmm. Um, We invite everyone to participate. It's completely anonymous. No one will know whether or not you took it. No one's required to take it. You can start it and then be like, I don't want to do this and stop taking it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been taking students around 10 to 15 minutes Mm -hmm. um, uh, on average so um, to complete it. And it's open right now. Um, if students take it by this Sunday um, at midnight, they'll be put into a raffle for 10 $50 Visa gift cards. So they can win mm-hmm. one of them. Um, next week, the raffle will be decreased to 10 people will each win $25 gift cards. And then everyone who takes the survey who wants to will be put into a raffle to win an all-access parking pass for fall 2022. So um, there are incentives and prizes. Um, and if anyone has any questions, my contact information is um, within the survey. And if you want to take the survey, Sarah Madera sent you an email <laughs> yesterday. Did. So, so we're going to work quite a few yes. emails. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's a great opportunity to really give that feedback and kind of share the student perspective. I know I already took it. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I really just sat down. I took it. It did ask a lot of really good questions that I, you know. I mean, for any students who are, you know, skeptical, like, is my voice even going to be heard? I encourage them because the change that we see these past few months are is because students came forward and shared their experiences and had that courage to share. You know, the experiences wasn't great. And we, as a university, took notice of that, which is why Dr. Nunez wanted the committee, the TNG consulting company to come in. So it is because of the voices of students that we are here today that I am here today. So um, really, and and we mean what we say when we plan to do an action plan and continue this change. So if you're skeptical of taking that survey, don't be, your voice will be heard and you will contribute to the change that we already have, have done these past few months. Wonderful. So that's really important to really get that student feedback in here from the students themselves who are on the ground each and every day. But I'd love to learn a little bit more about this committee. So what is the TNG Oversight Committee's mission? So really the mission is to review these recommendations and make sure that we accomplish them, right? So um, a big big part of it was rebuilding the trust we have with our students and Eastern community. Um, so a lot of it is making sure that we are bettering our system. We are making a more equitable, fair, um, transparent to our students and that we are meeting their needs and uh, concerns and making sure we respect that and we we become better for it. Um, So that's really, truly the mission. It's just to make sure we get back on track, rebuild the foundation of the Title IX grievance system, um, and making sure that we are rebuilding the trust of the Eastern community. There are um, three different subcommittees on the Mm -hmm. TNG committee. So one um, is focused on staffing and policy, one on assessment, and one on training. Sarah Madera is on all of them. But... Um, Ooh, you're we, busy. <laughs> you're busy. Um, but each of those areas are kind of um, uh, a specific focus of recommendations that the consultants made. Um, so we've been really able to like zero in on these different areas. And these recommendations are open to the public. The TNG report was um, published on our website. So any student can review them and look at those recommendations. We also have an update page that shows where we are 
where we are at in our progression for these recommendations. Um, so we, again, could be as transparent as possible with the changes we're making. I really appreciate that transparency as a student and being able to go right on Eastern's website and see what these recommendations are and see how Eastern's coming along with that. So uh, that I really appreciate that as a student. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe you both previously touched on you know, the actual purpose of having the campus climate study. So uh, can you just tell us a bit more about the process? Is it already out now? Yep, it is out now. So we launched it on April 4th. It will be open until May 3rd, so for a full month. Um, one thing that I think is really important to know about this particular study is that um, once we close it, we'll be writing a report um, and that report will be made public in the fall. So students, regardless of whether they take the survey or not, will be able to see the findings. And over the summer, um, the Office of Equity and Diversity, as well as other stakeholders in the community, are going to be building an action plan based off of the findings from the survey. So, and I mean, I think a lot of times there can be frustration with like, we take these surveys and then nothing happens. And it was mm-hmm. real important to people, myself, Sarah Madera, people who worked on this, that like something is going to come of this and it's going to be transparent to students what that is. Um, so uh, the action plan and the report will be made public in the fall. So when this information is made public, how can students, you know, read it and see it? What sort of platforms will it be on? Right, so we'll definitely um, do an email blast out of it, um, but it'll also be housed in our Title IX website. Um, So we'll probably have a specific page to it, kind of like what we do now with the TNG recommendations. Um, We will do that as well, making sure that the action plan, the results in the action plan is published, easy, accessible for students to review and see where we're at. Also continue to provide feedback where we where appropriate. That sounds wonderful. Good point. I I will no longer be here, unfortunately, but I Mm. will keep checking in with the website and see what's going on. So I'd love to learn a little bit more. Can you please tell me and the listeners all about what Title IX is? So, yeah, so Title IX is a federal law. Um, It went into effect in 1972. It's actually turning 50 years old on June 23rd. Um, Really what it is, it prohibits discrimination based off sex and gender. Um, so how does sexual assault get and sexual misconduct get lumped in is because after years of case law, they saw that students who experience these type of events, it really does affect them. And how from missing class to not going to clubs, not joining their sports team, um, it affects their day to day academic life, which the law says cannot happen. Um, So they um, made it clear that it's not only a crime, but it's also goes against someone's rights. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really what Title IX is. So and we're not just on sexual misconduct, right? We overview athletics, so equal opportunity for male and female identifying students in sports. Um, We look into any discrimination that might happen within the classroom, LGBTQ rights when it comes to educational programs. So we're not just sexual misconduct. It just so happens those are the majority of our disclosures. But students really could come to us about anything and have an open conversation. So Title IX is really of a spectrum of things, um, of sex-based and gender-based discrimination and violence and all aspects in which we respond to. I want to thank you for clarifying. I mean, I wasn't fully aware of 
the nuance of Title IX. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some of the listeners that are listening now probably aren't either. Right. So what does being the Title IX coordinator entail? Very big <laughs> role. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. It keeps me on my toes, for sure. Um, really, the Title IX coordinator kind of oversees everything and makes sure, I make sure that, you know, we're following not only the, the federal guidelines and state law guidelines, but the guidelines of our own policies and procedures. Uh, we're making sure that our process is equitable and fair and transparent, but also very supportive, right? I am not criminal law. I'm not the court system. <laughs> I am an administrative process. And, you know, one of our biggest things for students in particular is education, making sure that you have access to an education. It's part of our core values with academic excellence. So it's really making sure our system is not only done correctly, but we also contribute to creating and maintaining a safe environment for our students to learn and prosper. That's one the best way I can explain. That was beautifully put. But I think that is so important and kind of going along with that, because, you know, you're talking about how to make, you know, the campus community a safe and just a great place to be. And I know we kind of touched on it with the feedback and the study going around. But how do you collaborate with students on issues happening on campus? So we try to do it in many ways. Obviously, one big way is this climate survey. Right. I think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest way we can get majority of the students feedback because um, I understand too being a town nine coordinator and just doing this work students are intimidated to even come to the office to talk I'm in Gelsey Young no student traffic <laughs> there so yeah, no. <laughs> um, really what we wanted to do make sure is do is that we came out our office so making sure I go and meet the students where they're at so going to club meetings we did um, residence hall meet and greets That's where right. I got to meet the residents one-on-one they got to ask me questions I get to explain their process what our office does um, the support that they can get and kind of you know, walk them through that spectrum of Title IX and spectrum of the support that they can receive from our office. So really, it's really meeting where the students are at. Um, and off, and we do a lot of prevention work. Um, I can't take all that credit. We have an amazing women's center here, mm-hmm. um, amazing clubs here who do programming. Uh, we have Take Back the Night that's coming up that the women's center is putting together. It's an, it's an amazing event that happens every year. So, you know, shout out to them because they do great, great programming and prevention work. Um, we also do other type of workshops. So we have one coming up. That's called the C word The con- is about consent. Mm. Um, so kind of taking a different approach to how we speak to consent. So we do it through programming. We do it, do it through meet and greets. Um, anywhere we could get our face out there and have a conversation mm. with students. Wow. That's also awesome. had students involved in this survey as well. So it wasn't just faculty and staff. And I'm really lucky because I teach um, students in the social work program and research methods and in community organizing. And we had students giving feedback on everything from like the actual questions we were asking, the prizes that we were giving for the study, as well as how we were marketing it. Um, so at each stage, we were getting a lot of student feedback that was, we couldn't have done it without it. That's super cool. Now, it seems like there is a lot of collaboration going on right now, sort of this collaboration between different groups and also Title IX coordination. Have there been some adjustments within these past few years that maybe you've seen improvement on? Right. So I've been in a coordinator position since July, but I actually been at Eastern for six years. So before my role as a coordinator, 
I was the hall director um, for first year halls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and I've in Title IX, I've served as a support person um, as well as the investigator. So I've seen quite a few changes throughout my years here. The majority of the change <laughs> came uh, these past about two years. A lot of it happening within within these last months. So obviously, major change is leadership. Um, Dr. Lamar Coleman became the new vice president of equity and diversity. Um, and then he brought me over. He's also the former director of housing. So we've worked t- together for some years. Um, he brought me over as a town nine coordinator. Uh, Dr. Indira Potoski came in as our assistant dean of equity and diversity. Um, so we brand new team, brand new team um, with Definitely the passion of student engagement, the passion of, you know, having an equitable process. A lot of the changes you'll see is changes within our system in itself. So aligning with federal regulations, we have regulations on how we respond and investigate Title IX cases. So big changes we saw was creating a Title IX form for students to submit any disclosure, and that form can be submitted anonymously as well, um, and which has helped the response rate from Title IX, which is something was a concern of students in past years. Um, another thing we've changed is how we do our investigations. Now our investigations are uh, recorded and transcribed, and students who are involved in that get to review those transcripts and approve those transcripts. Um, another thing that has changed that students get to see in the investigation process, students get to see a draft report of what will be held, be used in a hearing so they can provide feedback. We call it the 10-day review. Um, that's also new. Also, which was a concern we had before, another concern we had was not knowing what the appeal process is. So now in our outcome letters, we already include that information so that student doesn't have to ask. So, yeah, that's just a few of our changes. Um, Obviously, one of the recommendations was making sure our presence are known on campus. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know um, where our office is, you knew who who worked there. So a lot of of students know who Dr. Coleman is. A lot of students know who I am, who Dr. P is. So it was really more so making sure people knew our names and just not our titles. Another thing we've done, you know, is making sure our communication is consistent with students. Mm -hmm. From the updates that we do in our system to students who go through the process, making sure that we give them either weekly or biweekly updates, whatever the student is comfortable with, and making sure that we are as transparent as we can. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Yes. Now, there's a lot of intricacies within Mm -hmm. that process. So for people listening, how can they access this information? Do we have any numbers, people they can call? Yes, yeah, so all of this information can be found on the Title IX website. Um, okay. So, and even um, with the climate survey, any emails you get, there's links to support um, that's linked to those surveys uh, that you can go to. Everything is on the website. It goes through from what support you have on campus, both confidential and non-confidential. Uh, it goes through what the process looks like. So if you follow a formal complaint, and a formal complaint is a signed document saying you want an investigation to happen, what to suspect for that? Um, what to suspect if you submit the Title IX form? Support 
Uh, I think students' misconception is they have to go through an investigation process in order to get support, and that's not the case, right? So they could come to our office just to get, like, academic support, res life support, anything um, to help them better their days here at Eastern. So that, that information is on there as well. And then we keep an open-door policy. We're in Gelson Young, second floor, suite 254. So they could come by anytime to ask questions, email us. I'm happy to go to a classroom, go to a residence hall, take a student out to lunch. There's different ways a student can get that information and connect with our office. Okay, thank you for sharing. And Title IX is also on Instagram. We are. Eastern Equity and Diversity. Yeah, we just started the Instagram, trying to keep up with the times. <laughs> as, <laughs> as much student interaction. We realize, too, students are always on Instagram, right? So This is true. We try to, you know, post, like, our procedure process. And in there's a link tree with all of the um, links to support, to updates, so they don't have to go surfing uh, Eastern's website themselves. So we do have a link tree on there. So please do follow. Um, we do not follow back. Um, if that is a concern wow. of any <laughs> we do not follow back um, out of respect. We do follow any like clubs or anything like that to keep updates with the clubs and organizations. Um, but yes. Very cool. I want to thank you both so much for coming on and really sharing all this with the students. Uh, it really is for me, at least as a senior, really seeing that transparency and seeing you guys so willing to come on and talk about these important conversations that we need to have, I think it's really important. Yeah. And it means the world to us. And me as like a first year student, I mean, I'm imagining I'm going to grow, you know, with the Title IX program going on, as well as the TNG Oversight Committee. So I can't wait to see, you know, more adjustments in the future if needed. It's going to be incredible. It really will. Thanks for having us. I know. Thank you. Yes, anytime. But as always, thank you so much for tuning into the What's Up Warriors podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcasts at What's Up Warriors podcast. If we're not on a platform that you want us to be on, shoot us a message. Yes, please. Like, we are happy to get wherever you want us to be. We're nearly on everything, but if we are not, again, feel free to contact us. And Amy, I wanted to end the show with this as a little surprise to you. We cleared 500 downloads as of this morning. (gasps) Oh, my God. Isn't that wonderful? That is. That is. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) I had to share that. But thank you to everybody who listens. We really do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But of course, you can find us everywhere. But until next time, I'm Eden. And I'm Amy. And this has been (laughs) What's Up, Warriors?